passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. How many ways can we get on here and describe unimpressive, uninspiring, uninteresting, unexciting, and most of all, unacceptable play? We are back on the bench for an instant reaction podcast for FSU's 41-17 loss to Pittsburgh. I'm here with Chris Nee. I got Brendan Sinone. Well, he's driving. He's driving Chris home from the stadium. So we'll let him focus on that, but I think he's here. Um, Florida State got started hot against Pitt. They jumped out to a 14-3 lead after an 88-yard touchdown run by quarterback Jordan Travis with less than 10 minutes into the game. Seemed good enough. But then the rest of the game had to be played. Um, and Chris, tell me about it. Tell me about it. It was relatively non-competitive. Pitt dominated so much in the trenches defensively that FSU's offense was just rendered completely meaningless. FSU had one rushing yard over the final three quarters to just kind of paint the picture of how painful that was. I think Pitt finished with 14 tackles for loss and seven or eight sacks. And they, I mean, they pestered every quarterback that ran out there against them. Jordan Travis played the whole first half. James Blackman played the first drive of the second half. Chubba Purdy played the remainder of the game. All three threw an interception. None of the three threw a touchdown. Travis obviously had the rushing touchdown. That was a highlight. Mm-hmm. Um, FSU didn't run the ball a lot. And truthfully, they didn't try to run the ball a whole lot. And I think some of that was because of, one, getting behind, two, getting behind the chains, and three, the fact that Pitt can dominate the line of scrimmage as they did tonight. For me personally, I thought a major turning point was Devontae Love-Taylor getting hurt. Okay. Not so much that he's a great player, he changes – what they're able to do physically up front. But I think from a leadership standpoint and a calming it down when it's going bad yeah. standpoint, I think Love Taylor brings a lot to the table. When's, really when's the last off. time we saw the offensive line fall apart like it did today? Um, I mean, they were obviously poor against Georgia Tech with first Blackman back there. Miami. Yeah, first half against Miami as Sinone throws in there. Yeah, I think that's probably a good – idea but we knew this was going to be a litmus test and it was going to be one they were probably going to fail to some degree Mm -hmm. the issue is they got absolutely dominated they fsu was entirely incapable of operating as an offense for the remainder of the whole game after that 88 yard touchdown run they just it wasn't there i mean it was bad and defensively they got put in some really bad situations they also didn't play particularly well they only recorded one sack Kenny Pickett's jersey was about as clean at the end of the game as it was at the start. And you're talking about a guy who was playing on one bad wheel. You know, he 20 for 26, 21 for 26, someone at ballpark. Pretty controlled game for him, but he hit some shots when he had to. Pitt, who's not a good running team, 
believe they ran for their second most yards in a game this year. In this yeah, but they, they didn't – you know, their leading rusher had 50 yards is Vincent Davis. A.J. Yeah. Davis had 34 yards on five touches. Their next – you know, they only had 20 yards. But, yeah, they spread it around pretty well. They rushed for a total of 148 yards. Um, but, yeah, they kind of spread it around. Nobody really dominated Florida State on the ground, but, you know, they got it done. Um, let yeah. me read a couple more stats. Uh, Kenny Pickett was 21 to 27 for 210 yards. Flipping it over to the FSU QB room, Chubba Purdy was 12 of 21, 38 yards and a pick. Jordan Travis, 11 of 18, 106 yards and a pick. James Blackman, 0 for 2 and a pick. Um, on the ground, Jay Sean Corbin led the way, like you said, Chris. You know, there wasn't a concerted effort to run the football. Corbin led the team with 31 yards on the ground. Uh, on six carries, LaDamian Webb had seven carries for 28 yards. Um, Toa Philly had one touch for negative one. So just wasn't there for Florida State today. Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those games – a lot of times you walk away from a game and it's like a – there's a sole reason you can point to why they lost. Truthfully, today they just lost because they got their brains beat in. It's not – Pitt dominated that game in every way. Pitt controlled it offensively, dominated FSU with their defense – you know, they have a pick six at a defense score seven there on a 50-yard return by the backup safety who replaced Paris Ford, who opted out. FSU just got their butt handed to them. And I don't think effort was a major issue personally. Mm-hmm. And I know the coaching staffs or Mike Norbell specifically after games said he didn't believe effort was an issue. And I, I don't really think it was. FSU just got beat. FSU's not very good. And we knew they weren't very good. But they were particularly bad today. And that's sort of who they are. I, yeah. it just It's the point that they're at. I'm not convinced they win another game. They certainly could. Maybe Duke is probably the one I would point to as the most likely. But they're not a good football team. There's yeah, not this a whole was, lot of things FSU does real well. This was a good litmus test for how FSU is going to finish the remainder of the season. Because here's a game that, you know, FSU should win this game at home against Pittsburgh um, any year. And they, and they, really, didn't, they really didn't compete with Pitt for, for right. too much of the game. How much, how much of the Marvin Wilson absence do you think contributed to this loss? Do you think Marvin Wilson playing in this game makes a difference? No, because he's not able to block Pitt's defensive line, and that was the biggest issue that was a culprit towards FSU's ineffectiveness on the evening. Now, I think Marv brings a little bit to the table, but let's not act like he's having a particularly good year. So, yeah, I, no, I don't think he's a drastic difference. I think the – the totality of the guys who were absent, you know, missing your two starting safeties, not getting Hamza back, not having Marv Wilson, Devontae Love Taylor getting hurt. I think the totality of all of that comes into play and is a factor in FSU struggling as much as they did. It might be a little bit more of a competitive game if they're playing with a full roster. But, no, I, I don't think a single individual really made that huge of a difference. And truthfully, I still think Love Taylor was a more crucial loss in game than not having Marv Wilson at the kickoff. What did you see on defense? Besides big chunk plays left and right, what did you see from the defense? For, start with the scheme. Well, I mean, chunk plays are still a massive issue. Teams were able to hit. Jordan Addison did what Jordan Addison wanted, the best receiver for Pitt. Targeted 11 times, had 11 receptions, went for like a buck 28, I think it was. Came up a yard short from getting that touchdown there that set up the field goal when FSU had the goal line stand. I thought the defense had some good effort, but at the end of the day, there's not enough plays being made. They only record one sack. They did have, what, seven or eight tackles for loss? Was it eight? Eight. 
eight. Yeah, so eight tackles for loss on the day, which isn't a bad number, but the lack of sacks on a guy who's relatively statuesque and on a bad foot, you would hope for a little more pressure than that. But the, the defense doesn't make plays. Right. No takeaways. Um, and they were they were put in some bad situations, turnovers, you know, three turnovers, two of which created defensive situations, one of which mm-hmm. created a quick touchdown. So you take that touch, touchdown away from the defense. You know, they didn't give that up. That's a pick six. Um, but, you know, they, they had a couple moments where you can heap some praise on them. Goal line, three straight stops, forcing a field goal. That's a positive. I thought some guys had good effort again. I thought Emmett Rice, once again, played pretty hard for the evening. But they're just not very good. Fabian Lovett had the one sack, so I guess we can throw a little praise his direction. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. FSU is a bad football team. It's that simple. We know that. We, we sit in post-game press conferences now, and they talk about evolving and developing and getting better. And here we are after they've enjoyed, you know, several weeks of action, multiple bye weeks, and they are who they are. And – they're not going to turn a corner, mm. in my opinion. I don't, I don't know what the answers are. Um, but one the answer, the answer is flipping the damn roster. That is true, but, but, that can't, what you have. but that can't happen until the offseason. So for now, right. I think our, our best solution might just be Market Square Liquors, who is a <laughs> – Sponsor of On the Bench, located right there off Timberlane Road in Tallahassee, Market Square Liquors. While this Florida State team might not have the answers, Market Square Liquors probably does. Um, and shout out to all the listeners that have been calling in. Brennan told me that uh, Market Square Liquors has gotten some phone calls from listeners checking on their inventory and doing some online sales, so that's pretty awesome. Um, are you ready for basketball season, Chris? I am, buddy. I can't wait. I think they're going to be pretty good. They, they tip off on a Friday the 27th against Gardner-Webb. So, I've got that circled on the calendar. The night before, I guess, Virginia, I believe. I think that's the weekend of the Virginia football game. Right. Now, I'd, I'd like the football team to make improvement. I just don't have any expectation that they're going to. I, mm-hmm. There's nothing I can point to and say, oh, man, they're getting so much better. The O-line, I've tried to say it a lot, that I think they were hiding it pretty well with Jordan Travis. Well, against a team like Pitt who can play somewhat straight up and who has a defensive-minded coach who made adjustments in-game and did an excellent job of doing so, changing the way the front was playing, the way they were using their linebackers, the way they were spying we, quarterback, the way they were bringing pressure. It, you see that. I mean, that played out in real time. Are we officially moving on from James Blackman? Like, was this it? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> no, yeah, but, I happened. mean, we, we've said it. kickoff today. Okay. Okay. So that's it. Like, I mean, what was your reaction when you saw him in the game there? Oh, I was going to say, yeah, before, before I, my, my jaw hit the floor when I saw him entering the game, it just seemed like such a no brainer situation for, for Chubba Purdy. You're losing already. Like I, yeah, it did. It was, it was shocking. Um, I think something that Brendan tweeted is true. Uh, if if Mike Norvell trotted James Blackman out there for a second series, he would have lost the fan base. Yeah, I, I I didn't really get going to Blackman at any point. And it, you know, to Norvell's credit, he spoke about it in post game. He said that the plan was always to play both uh, Blackman and Purdy in the second half once they knew Jordan Travis was rolled out because of injury. Mm-hmm. Travis was no longer dressed out in the second half for those who didn't notice it or see it on TV. Um, so they always intended to play both. But, I mean, Blackman goes out there, goes on to throws a pick to an underneath guy who was just sitting there waiting for him to throw it. 
I just, James Blackman is a statue who doesn't do a good job getting rid of it against a team like Pitt who gets home. I know, like, I don't need to see that. And no need for that. And Purdy didn't play very well. He did make a couple great effort plays, but he throws a pick six, for example. But I'd much rather him get some experience and have something to look at and learn, learn from because he may be a piece of the future of this team. James Blackman, in my opinion, is not. Yeah. Um, a piece that returned to the team this week was Tamori and Terry at wide receiver. He finished the game with two catches for 14 yards. Didn't look like he was completely – I'm not going to say unhealthy, but, like, he just didn't – he didn't have a burst. I didn't see the, the top-end speed from him. I think that's took – they took one shot to him vertically and he drew a pass interference on that. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's there. They only targeted him, not including the pass interference, but I think they only targeted him on the two receptions. It was two so for two. Yeah. Total. Two catches, yeah. two targets. So they threw it his way three times total on the day. One of them being, you know, the PI. Um, I, I thought he looked fine. He had one where he slipped a couple defenders on the outside when he caught it. Um, you know, yeah. he didn't pull away like we know he's capable of on the PI one. But Pitt's also very aggressive. They're going to get up in your grill and play man-to-man like they do with their outside guys, and you got to win one-on-ones. I I thought he looked okay. For a guy who's, you know, what, three weeks now removed from the knife, Mm -hmm. I I thought he looked fine. I I think he's a guy that hopefully he's able to get back to his old form completely and do a little something for individual accolades here down the stretch as hopefully he prepares for the NFL draft. Overall, it was a disappointing performance by FSU's wide receiver room. You had Cameron McDonald leading the way with seven receptions for 61 yards. But here's how many yards – I'm not even going to talk about catches, but here's how many yards FSU's receiving core had. Keyshawn Helton, five. Jordan Young, 20. Tamari and Terry, 14. With Damian Webb, nine. Daniel Preston. Preston Daniel, nine. Jayshon Corbin, seven. <laughs> Ontario Wilson, three. Like, how do you – these are receiving – Stats, not rushing stats. These are receiving stats. Yeah, and um, how many games does that make it this year where afterwards we're talking about how disappointing the wide receiver room is? I think this might have been the most disappointing. Perf- I don't know. They didn't have as many blatant uh, drops. They, they dropped a boatload of balls at Louisville, so it's tough to excuse that one. And, you know, I think you have a little recency bias but I think the blocking on the I think the blocking on the uh, screens was awful. Um, Jordan Young was not getting out there meeting anybody at the point of contact they're getting blown up um just no no explosiveness i mean this is florida state you know hosting a team like Pitt, they should be able to out athlete these guys especially at home but we just are not seeing it um no warren thompson that's notable again i feel like we have to flush that mindset though i don't think that's true anymore no maybe it should be but i don't think it is it should be true right (laughs) but it's not I mean, FSU is a bad football team. They're a lowly program in the ACC who, you know, would be in a dogfight probably with Syracuse, who's equally awful in the same conference. I agree. I've got something to say. The floor is yours. That's egregious. Egregious. We've talked for 10 minutes and haven't even mentioned why Rector's touchdown, which is even more egregious. What do you call that? That. Play Wyatt, the director set. Wyatt Cat. Wyatt Cat. Okay. Wyatt Riot. Uh, can I make one point though? I want to get your thoughts on this, Josh. In the second half, FSU's trailing by 14 for a good chunk of the time. Is there any point where you think they have a chance to come back? Like, think about a two-score lead. 
being so insurmountable. I think that just sums up where this program is right now. Yeah, and FSU let it get away from them so fast. If it wasn't for the, the field goal right before the half, I mean, Pitt was on a 21-point scoring streak at that point when FSU, you know, slows it down with a three-pointer. So even at the half, normally you'd feel kind of good going, you know, knowing that your team scored right before the half. But really by the, by the end of the first period, I was already doubting that this team was going to be able to come back. Um, before I let you go, Brandon, before I let you go, Chris, I want to throw this to Brendan first. Is this a lost season? It's not a lost season if you can salvage, say, Chubba Purdy and figure out what you You're fading on me. Hold on, you're fading on me. With him, if you right. figure out a few building blocks. I think Bud Elliott's talked about this being a year. This is Christie's fade-off territory. <laughs> Bud Elliott's talked about this being a year zero, and I think that's probably the way to approach it. So if you want to say it's a lost year, it's definitely not a gained year. Uh, this is a, this is a year zero for FSU, Mike Norvell. I view it as an exhibition season. I, you know, I think at this point it's more important for FSU to play young guys or guys who are going to be pivotal pieces of this program next year and beyond and get them you know, reps, get them film, get them an understanding of what's expected of them, lay some groundwork. And then at the end of the season, it's about weeding out the guys who are not there to help you and mm-hmm. hopefully replacing them with capable people, whether that's via, you know, via the transfer portal, for example, or JUCO ranks or high school recruits, but it's going to be a flipping roster situation where they just got to get so much better and they got to do it. It's going to take time. It's not going to be done overnight. It's not going to be done in the next year. This is a multi-year situation. So, Mm. yeah. Next week, Florida State heads on the road to NC State after we saw them go score for score with Miami. Uh, That should be interesting. And then Clemson return, or then FSU returns home to face Clemson on November 21st. Then they wrap the season up with two games: UVA on the 28th and Duke on the 5th. Losing to Pittsburgh 41-17 doesn't give me too much hope that there's that there's more than one win left on this schedule. Do you guys feel the same? Yeah, I feel like Duke is probably the most winnable game. They have a shot with Virginia. And NC State sometimes likes to blow their own foot off, but I don't feel good about FSU going on the road and doing anything at NC State. So I would bet on one win, maybe two. I'd be absolutely shocked if they win more than two. Yeah. Truthfully, I'd be kind of shocked if they win two. All right. Well, you guys drive Thanks. safe. Thanks, Josh. This was so uplifting. <laughs> Market Square Liquors, here we come. I was going to say, why don't you make us a run by Market Square Liquors on the way home? All right, well, for Brennan Sinone, for Chris Nee, this is On the Bench. We'll be back on Monday. Talk to you guys later. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. 
spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.